Yes, hello and welcome along to the Carl Horning Show here on the Left Wing Back Podcast. It is in association with the Back in Line Clinic, and we thank uh, Paul Kelly for that again. Uh, we're joined by uh, Stevie Barmerick and Joe Nolan, as usual, here on the uh, Left Wing Back Podcast. Lads, good to have you on. And again, just uh, another little quick mention to uh, Back in Line. Back in Line by name, Back in Line by nature. And it always reminds me of Killing a Scully with the, the radio episode. Uh, was it KCR, Killing a Scully Community Radio, putting the unity back in the community and with Paul is back in line by name and back in line by nature so a uh, big shout out to Paul and thanks again for supporting us mm. let's focus on the hurling how's things all good yep all good here anyway um okay. so we uh we had two games in the senior championship we had an intermediate championship game and uh, a few junior games as well um we uh, have heard fierce rumblings in the past couple of days that Steve you have uh, officially retired um are you open to coming out of that said retirement <laughs> I'm not playing any more junior hurling until there's a, an hour in the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, never say never, as the fella said. That's a squad game, no, like, you know, so look, we'll see. They're saving him for the softer ground. He's like them on them horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, yeah, the games kicked off on, on Friday. The two of them were on at the same time, two different venues. We had... Uh, Navon and Bindersong Gales inside Netwatch Cullen Park and we have Ballinkillen and St Mullins in McGrath Park and we have a nice bit to get through so I think uh, the best place to start will be with Ballinkillen and St Mullins because Joe you were at that one but um, the first thing I'd like to do actually I just want to make a point and um, it's just I suppose and I, I don't mean this in a, in a critical way whatsoever but I would really hope that maybe Carlo J will consider streaming those hurling games in future because for me, there's a number of reasons involved. Okay, let's let's do the, the simple maths on this. So I believe it was 10 euro to go see those games, lads, I think, yeah, on Friday, right? <laughs> so maximum capacity was, was 700, which you probably weren't going to get 700 between two venues, 500 in Netwatch Cullen Park and I think 200 in Bindestown. Uh, I'm open to correction on that. Again, if the game's on two different times i don't know if 700 will be at them but they certainly won't be at them if they're on at the very same time so in a scenario where they're on at different times which they are this weekend and you have 400 people at 400 by 10 is is obviously uh 4, i know the average cost of getting someone to stream a game uh roughly between 250 and 350 so for the basis of the argument let's say it's 300 and uh, you put it out there and charge 10 euro a pop well 30 people have that person paid for to do the stream. Um, I think between all the Carl Harlan followers around Ireland and indeed all around the world, I'd be fairly confident you get 30 people to look at both of those games. So I don't know if Carlo GA are worried perhaps that they might have a loss of revenue or it will cost them money to do this. I would say very worst case scenario, it won't cost much, but you're making the game more accessible and, uh, you know, to a lot of other people so ju let's just say kids maybe at home that the parents just aren't in a position to bring them to the match for whatever reason um maybe they're wore out maybe they're just literally having time maybe they don't drive but you can pay 10 quid and your kid gets to watch the game and they're getting to see all these guys and equally all around the world we've so many people all over the world that would like to see them um so uh i hope that uh we do have our game streamed. I think it's a great facility, and I think COVID or no COVID, uh, it should stay. Um, I don't see any downside to it, to be honest with you. I just think it's a, it's fabulous, and it's not a pocket issue. I'm not asking for the game to be for nothing. You could probably charge 10 quid. I have no problem paying 10 quid. I think a lot of people wouldn't have a problem paying 10 quid around the world to see their team in action, maybe five, six weekends. It might cost you 100 quid for the championship. Worst case scenario, to see your team playing all those games. Um, so I just hope that's the case. Um, and I'd love to be talking to you guys here as well. Uh, let's throw this out here. Let's be honest about this as well. With video footage like we've done with the football shows over the last couple of weeks, and I'd like to thank Power TV for that again, and John Nolan, and Casey Tobin. It just adds another dimension to it. Like, we can sit here and we can chat about the games. Uh, you know, we didn't get to the, to the Banyasown uh, Michael game, Joe, you did get to Ballinkillen and St. Mullins, but all that becomes completely redundant if we have the video because I can sit down and pull the whole yoke asunder and 
get out clips and then we can go through it and we can articulate our points, back them up. Uh, I think it just gives a great dimension to it. So I'm asking, please, guys, consider it. Uh, it's not a criticism at all. It's just maybe have a look and see the benefits of it because I think Carlo people and Carlo GA can only benefit from it. Um, so I hope that's the case. Uh, lads, you don't have to give your views on that if you don't want to. That's my own personal opinion. But I'm sure you wouldn't be against it at the same time. No, well, no, but sure. Look, any any publicity is brilliant, isn't it, for the games like for hurling? And I mean, yeah, I, look at last year; it was a, brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to give a side. Uh, yeah. Where, yeah. Why? Why are you saying, Stevie? Uh, I, I yeah. was listening to the match the other night. Uh, the the two matches were on the one time, and in fairness, Kelsey Lar done a very good job on they went from one match to the other every five minutes um it was better than nothing as, as in uh, you couldn't see it far enough like in case Laura only doing the the radio part of it anyway but they've done a very good job on it as in every five minutes literally brendan hennessy was over to terry kelly in bagnestown and anyone who was talking to that was at either the matches i had a fair idea of what went on as much as you can without having looked at the match mm. if you can understand what i'm saying Mm. Um, so like they were literally and they missed no big scores in the matches and they had fairness I, I, I was impressed by by that regard because it was I listened to it on headphones so it was it was ticking the box you couldn't get to see it before get to hear it so um, a job well done on their behalf and I would say last weekend now this weekend the two games were one after the other so presume they're going to be on the radio again I haven't heard anything about streaming or anything and I presume at this stage it's not going to be I'm, I'm guessing as well yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I suppose that my comment, uh, lads, was only just in relation to last year, and just thought it was brilliant. You know, between people Facebook and games, you know, Facebook Live. Um, geez, I don't know how many clubs did that, and then there was the Park TV, which was excellent as well. You know, it's the first lot of promotion of the games, and uh, I think it, it, you know, I know it was a different year and with COVID, and you know, no numbers and so on. But I do think there's a there's a market there. I know Offaly did it, and I think Leash have done it in the past as well, prior to COVID as well, other counties as well. And uh, it seems to be a good thing. And I, I think, I suppose like everything, you know, if you're promoting your promoting your product it, it, to a wider audience, apart from, you know, the monetary gain, it's just, it's brilliant to showcase them as well. Um, like you said, no, no matter where you are in the world, you can always tune in or, or no matter where you are, even though in Lachlan, as I say, wherever Stevie is hiding there, it looks like, which is, uh, all I'm waiting to see now is uh, if the camera swings and Osama bin Laden or someone's beside him there uh, 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 with that blurry, with that blurry, uh, that blurry footage we're seeing him. But I mean, look, it's great. Um, and I Hello think and right. welcome to Crime Call. I think you're right, Kevin. It's not a criticism. Uh, far from it. It's, it was actually brilliant last year, the initiative that the county board and, and the lads, you know, the people took on to get Park TV up and going, and it'd just be brilliant if if clubs got to stream them or Park TV got in on it and got to stream them. But um, you know, sure, look, I I think that's a no brainer. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, like there is different avenues of doing it, and you can actually combine the the two points that you know the, the way of doing it. Number one is the paywall, and the other thing is to get a sponsor or a number of sponsors in on board. But then that catches Carlo GA because people get to see the game for free, right? And I understand where that may take from gate receipts. So that's a fair enough point. Yeah. But there'd be nothing stopping you getting a sponsor in and putting in a paywall either. Well, You're still only paying 10 quid. So I'm putting out all the ideas on the table for them here. Um, I'm trying to literally do this for the betterment. Uh, there's no point in sitting on a podcast and criticizing and saying, I'm looking up at the wall here. Sure, the wall is gray. Well, how do you change the color of the wall? Like, do you know? So that's, that's literally what it's all about. So if you don't have an idea, then really criticize try to see is there a solution to it like so anyway hopefully hopefully that changes and uh and hopefully it changes soon i'd love to see it happening i'd love to be able to see those games um i couldn't couldn't obviously see them friday so uh i ended up watching greg cullen and emo in the leash senior football championship instead that's punish i i didn't want to be the, <laughs> i didn't want that wasn't my number one choice thing to do uh you know what i mean like what what do you want to be looking at obviously look at your own games but that's that's literally where it's at so look Here's hoping, lads. Here's hoping. Um, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of the action then, Joe. So you're in McGrath Park, Ballinkill and St. Mullins. Uh, 117-12, to 12, I think, in the end. Yeah. Um, 
So what's the what's the breakdown of the game? Is that a fair reflection? Uh, give us a blow by blow account. Well, sure. Suppose they, they always say the scoreline doesn't lie, but I suppose look. I think from Ballinkillen point of view, or anyone who's there would tell you like there wasn't you know there wasn't eight points in it as such. Um, I suppose the first thing of note really was um, I know we talked about it, um, last week on the podcast just. I suppose I, I kept my cards close to my chest in some ways there, just about our absentees and that. Like, there was a few ones that were well flagged, but... Um, That's an official written warning, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. You have to mind your own and say, well, uh, I know, but um, look, Balanquil, look, we're sure, and there was, I think we counted up, there was 10 missing from the semi-final and final last year. Um, and for, you know, for any panel to, to take, to lose, that was a big hit. So, but anyway, look, that, we're not using that as an excuse. Lads who were there... Um, I heard fierce well. I suppose. Look, Sam Mullins were down. Obviously, Marty and Jack. Jack only came in as a sub. Um, in the s- second half as well. And um, Jason O'Neill didn't. He might come in. I think, but he was out as well. And you know, the last Gary Bennett for injury. So both teams were kind of. I know I had a good few knocks. Jer Cody obviously out as well. Um, for them as well. So you know, both teams were showing some of their their big names. So that was I suppose it was kind of something to flag at the start. Um. The game itself, well, look, it was very even, Stephen. Uh, very even, Stephen. I suppose it came down to the economics of it, really, in terms of scoring chances. Um, and, and Stephen was right when we talked about it afterwards there. You know, the lads in the radio were saying it as well, that we were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. I think I think we hit maybe 14 wides over the hour. And I suppose a wide is a wide, but a lot, a lot of them were, were bad wides. Um, you know, um, and, and it ultimately came down to that, like, I suppose... Sam Mullins had had maybe one goal chance, um, and the goal that they got was, you know, was a, a ball, a high ball t- that broke into the square, and Tomas came to to bat it out, but it didn't break very far, and they swept it in, and that was their one and only kind of chance to threaten the goal, and they took it. Whereas, I suppose down the other end, Jack Tracy for us, who had, I have to say, um, I know the papers flagged James Dyle as having a, a great game, but I thought Jack Tracy for us was just uh, was exceptional, and he gave another excellent play there tonight in the under twenty. But Jack had a goal chance for us, and um, Kevin Keogh saved it. Do you know what I mean? I think we actually didn't get a score out of sixty-five either, as far as I remember. Um, so look, Sam Mullins were very economical with the ball um, in terms of their scores. Um, you know, they played with the breeze in the first half, and. Uh, Led by a couple of points at halftime. I think we would have been happy going in at halftime. I think it was 7-4 or something like that, you know. Low enough scoring game. Um, James Dyle um, hit two, you know, hit thundered into the game. Hit a great score at the start of the first half um, from centre-back. Literally, I'd say, from the throwing. Um, got the ball and dropped forward. Um, but we, we crept into the game. Um, Conor Keogh was excellent in the first half for St Mullins. I think he clipped over four points um, from play. In the first half, he was a real, real live wire. And um, Sam Mullins, you know, they kind of they isolated him out in the wing and um, and played a lot of good ball into him. Um, for ourselves, I suppose, Parry Hines had a big, you know, he had a good shift in the first half. Parry was playing centre-forward, kind of on James Dial, And I think he clipped over three points uh, from play as well. So the first half was kind of even Stephen, you know what I mean? There wasn't a whole pile in it. Um, we, we, we would have been very happy with our performance, you know, a good breeze in the second half to, to come and play with. Um, but the second half, we never kind of got going. Um, and St. Mullins, in fairness to him, as you'd expect from every St. Mullins team, hugely well organized. Um, you know, anytime we, we look to break, maybe we were a little bit ponderous around around the middle, maybe to deliver the ball in quicker. But in fairness to St. Mullins, they had the backs, you know, they had they worked their bodies back. And even when the ball was hit in, then, uh, you know, they mopped it up. And then our, our chances that we did create then. Were kind of half chances or where we were shooting under pressure as well um so yeah look i i, I think i think we, we we were disappointed probably realistically going into it you know you know maybe in the back of our minds like you know being short so many we probably you know it's good performance and see what had happened then but i think after the game we were probably disappointed not to be closer or not to get something out of the game regardless of who who was on the pitch for both teams because um you know, I think it was probably a game that, you know, that we could have got something out. But again, like I said, that's not take, that's not taking any credit away from St Mullins. They managed the game really well, um, and and they got the vital scores. I don't think they hit a wide in the second half. Like I mean, you know, I think it was Patrick Welsh. Like Jesus, he got on two or three balls in the second half. Got, like got on a couple more, but he got on two 
two or three within shooting distance and bang them over the bar. They were really, really economical. Um, you know, Seamus Murphy again was a big influence as well. Um, but for us, look, I, I think our lads, like, while we're disappointed with the results, like we we had a lot of championship debuts, you know, made there. Um, I think we had four or five from last year's junior win team stepped straight up and and you know and, and did well and and didn't look out of place. Um, so I, I think we we'll 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 be encouraged by it going forward, but we're probably going to need we're going to need some of those ten back if we're going to if we're going to have uh, something to say in the championship. I think and probably for Saint Mullins, I think you know going forward they're going to need you know those couple of bodies. I know Marty is out for you know probably till at the very best probably later in the championship, but you know they're probably going to need Jack and Jer and these lads back uh, firing well. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, and I, I suppose just to mention there, Gary Bennett went off injured as well. And, you know, he'd be a big loss for the weekend because he, the fine game, you know, he's, he's, he's really tight in the corner there. So, you know, I think b- b- both teams, while they enjoyed the game and got something out of it, they're, they're probably both looking to, you know, over the coming weeks to really get some of those lads back in, in, in on the team and in on the field um, if they're going to have a serious tilt uh, of the championship. Hmm. So being back in McGraw Park for a championship, what was what was it like in general? Was there a, a decent atmosphere to it? Like it was, it was. Yeah, great buzz. Sure, you know yourself. You're you're kind of closer to the pitch um, than in the McGraw. Or sorry, in the in Dark in Netwatch Cullen Park. Um, there was a good buzz. Yeah, there was a good crowd there. Um, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Is there any much counting as they say? But um, I said it was the full of whatever was allowed in because um, you know there was the bank. Good the bank, answer. A good answer, yeah. No, I know, in yeah. fairness. Like, and it was really, I have to say, by the way, as well, in fairness to uh, Bankstone Gales and and the, all the stewards, whoever was there, both from their club and, and otherwise, it was really well managed, you know, and there was parking across the Minch Norton and there was no delays and, you know, everything was really well done and, and it was brilliant. The pitch itself probably wasn't in as good a condition as I've seen it in before, do you know what I mean? But that's not, that's not anything to do with the grounds people are at in there it's probably just do with the weather we had like you know what i mean as well so mm-hmm. um but that's not again that's only a, that's not that's not a criticism like i'm just saying uh you'll be thinking of it from from years back but uh like it was it, look um it was it was great to have the game back in there and i i you'd be hoping maybe you know you'd be hoping that once the, the door is open that they'll keep it open in there and that get a few more matches in there in the coming months you know mm-hmm. so different positions for different lads well kind of kind of not actually because James Dye was obviously playing at centre back for Carlo a lot of the time this year. Uh, David English was out around the middle. Uh, did they both play in those respective positions? Actually, yeah, yeah. Both both the lads in fairness played. Uh, uh, James was back centre back for the for the game and uh, most of the game, and um, and David was out around middle of the field for us. I actually played the whole game at middle of the field. Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, obviously, yeah, we we heard well. Look. He hurled for the county there this year, James at centre back, and would have hurled previously for Carlo IT at centre back as well. And uh, you know, I suppose we would have talked before. It's kind of a new thing um, with teams. Maybe you know the idea of the old centre back to kind of stand and deliver man. Well, he's kind of definitely gone. And then I suppose over the last couple of years, we would have seen maybe the idea of a sweeper. In terms of a six, you know, like having a hurler back there is kind of an extra, like a sweeper or a stopper. Or I know we sometimes would have said it before, maybe of Richard Cody as or Dermot Byrne the last years for Rangers, kind of like a quarterback. And I suppose maybe James back there is kind of bringing a new dynamic to it, kind of like what I suppose maybe Cork and Clare are doing as well, where where if you if you have two midfielders in front of a kind of a dynamic centre back, and they're prepared and they're disciplined and they'll hold their position. Um, it gives a lad a license from centre half back, and especially like Sir James, who is a phenomenal striker of the ball. And you know, like I said, he tipped over two from play. I think he got two long range frees as well. Um, you know, and it gave him, it gave him a kind of a license to move forward as well. Um, which you know, and obviously he did had these defensive duties as well. But I suppose you know, it's definitely something to look at. Um, and David around the middle of the field. Well, look again. I suppose he you know he has all the attributes to hurl anywhere in the pitch, as we know. Um. I suppose we, I suppose maybe from a Ballangill point of view, the move kind of came about because um, maybe just of personnel, like we had Michal Ryan back there this year, um, you know, and Michal would be kind of a full back and that kind of frees up, you know, Dion maybe to go further out the field. So, you know, it's a, David's a great option to have out around the middle of the field and, 
we did we did really well around the middle of the field. Um, you know, I thought we were we had a good game. Uh, you know, our, our, sorry, a good uh, amount of possession out there. Um, Jamie Wall had a fine hour in the middle of the field, and David got on a lot of ball. We we're probably we we're probably on top. You know, in around the middle of the field. But in fairness, like I said, um, Sam Mullins. Then you know, anytime we were on the ball, the closes down, and and the ball that was that was going in was was coming in under pressure as well. So um. But yeah, it's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see. I think I think in the modern game, and probably Stevie will probably say too, like like that that role of the extra player. You know, we would have seen it with Waterford maybe with playing the sweeper. And I think, in fairness, to, and I, I have to give the man credit. I think one man who really moved on the the centre back role or the the kind of sweeper or extra back or whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's not even extra back because you know, but just even the, the movement from a back. Was probably Davy Fitzgerald, like in fairness, the way he'd Wexford playing over the last couple of years, where you know you might have Kevin Foley or someone like that, you know, bombing forward from 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 a half back line, or even like say Waterford at the minute with Caleb Lines and lads like that. Um, so I suppose the position of someone like James Dale, who we would traditionally maybe have pigeonholed in as a as a forward, you know, he he's, he he has that kind of punch going forward equally from from centre back and. Um, I suppose he does give you, you know, he's a fine specimen of a physical man back there as well. He, you know, he, he won't be shy about uh, meeting out the punishment either, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, four points in play for Connor Keogh. Yeah, fine game from Connor. Yeah, We're going for a chap. What, 18 or 19 is he? 20, um, maybe? He's 20, I think, this year. Um, yeah. yeah, he had a really good game. Really, really good game. Um, it was, Especially in the absence of, like, with Dyla centre-back, Mouse gone and O'Neill not playing. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, leadership he, in fairness. Yeah, he took two frees as well, I think, or three. Um, yeah, he got on a lot of ball. And in fairness, in the second half, he was quieter. Um, and it was good to see. I know we talked <laughs> last year, after each game, about kind of new players or promising players. And, you know, Connor definitely, you know, he, he definitely put his hand up in terms of, you know, notice. And I think, um, in fairness, like I said, I think Jack, uh, Jack Tracy on the far side picking a younger hurler um was as a forward was was really really you know he was a thorn in 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 St. Mullins' side the whole time he won a good few frees like I said he had the goal chance he might have got a point or two as well um uh, you know and he he was very impressive as well from that point of view so it's good to see other lads kind of you know coming out of the woodwork um you know because obviously Carlo Hurland needs that to, to freshen things up going forward as well yeah definitely so um we mentioned Mouse a, a couple of times uh yeah. not uh, in playing terms, unfortunately, but uh, he made his debut as an official on yeah. Friday. Uh, most, most was linesman, and Brendan Lean was the other linesman. Brendan's your chairman, or was your chairman? Is he still chairman? Chairman, yeah, yeah, right. Chairman, so, the yeah. chairman of one club and Carl, probably Carlo's best hurler, are doing linesman now. Um, yeah, <laughs> this kind of makes a mockery of my criticism thing. Well, again, I'll offer a solution to it. Uh, that's Bit of a joke, to be honest. Like, let's be honest about it. This is senior championship hurling, and I'm led to believe there was one linesman for the game between uh, Nave Owen and Bindersound Gales as well. Uh, Sparks Murphy went in to help out Saul Murphy. So one linesman between two games in the senior hurling championship. Uh, I don't know. Like that's we mentioned killing the scully already. Like that's killing the scully stuff. Like it's it's not good enough, really. Uh, are the clubs doing enough? Are, are guys putting themselves forward enough to uh, become officials, like become referees? Is it down to that? Uh, it's bizarre. Like um, I know in certain times before it may have happened, very uh, sporadic, I suppose, just kind of out of nowhere, it might just happen. And that's for a very honest reason, I would say. But how does this happen in a senior championship where we don't have officials? Yeah, well, I suppose. Sorry, Stevie. I know you 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 picked it up as well from the other games, but um, I suppose just to say, um, yeah, you know, it, it's it was kind of hard. In fairness, now look, both of the lads, in fairness to Mouse and in fairness to Brendan, they they made the calls and they made honest calls. And but you know yourself when you're kind of when you're you're standing in front of the St Mullins dugout and you're given a call and it it's you're giving the St. Mullins ball and it could be the most absolute nailed on St. Mullins ball or vice versa for Brendan Lee with Ballon Killen. You know, you're going to get dog's abuse off, you know, off everyone to do well, no in fairness, there wasn't dog's abuse, but you know what I mean? You're going to get you're going to get a bit more lip than if, if you were a neutral. Um and I suppose more importantly I think, you know, apart from apart from anything, like part of the where who's the top class referees we know, like top, top, one of the best in Ireland and probably unlucky maybe not even to get the All Ireland this year. Um but like in fairness to him, 
you know, in, even at club level now, the, the speed of hurling is just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, for to give him a hand, you know what I mean? To give him, like he had his team of umpires there, um, you know, all of them mic'd up as normal and everything. You know yourself, you, you don't expect anything else from Pod because it's always top class. But, I mean, you know, it, it's just not fair on the likes of him um, trying to keep his eye on it. Now, look, there was absolutely nothing in the game. You know, there wasn't one bad bang hardly at all in the game, you know. Um, and look, but like, it's it's not fair on him, really. You know, apart from we talk about standards and players and in fairness to the clubs and all, but it's not it's not fair on the official, really, either. Um, and I suppose, again, it's not a criticism, really, of, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it, who appoints what, um, whether it was refs or whether it was lines people or, or referees on holidays or whether there's issues with anything else going on. But it was a disappointing, maybe, and especially whatever about hearing it, maybe, with, you know, in one venue, but to hear it in both venues was probably a little bit disappointing. And, you know, it doesn't come down to clubs, maybe, maybe getting more referees in. Are, are we part of the problem in terms of, I mentioned there, like, you know, shouting and roaring. I know in first Carol GA to have um, a very good um, uh, program now, you know, be sound or be silent sort of thing. Um, you know, is it a general problem in the GA? Like, I, I think probably referee shortages in other counties is probably a big thing also. And it's probably something, you know, in, in a general sense that the GA would probably have to look into going forward. Um, but it's probably it was a little bit disappointing not to have them there and like i said that's not saying that and happened there was absolutely no instance called wrong no instance that you know whether there were neutral or not neutral linesmen needed to be called in on but it just puts it puts both brendan and mouse in a in an awkward position as well and uh but in fairness to them look the the boat handled it well they take a lot to knock the two of them out of straights but um yeah, yeah. It's probably just something to note going forward you know yeah, Stephen, you're the linesman, uh, I think, for the intermediate game, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, was it linesman uh, or umpire? No, no, I didn't. I didn't do linesman, but with no linesman, it was kind of a free-for-all. I got called a prick, all right, for a line ball. What <laughs> uh, I thought was always not. Uh, not the first time. But that was one of the players called me a prick. It was one of the players. It wasn't one of the uh, yeah. supporters, so look. We don't mind that, but uh, no, but seriously, like it's it's a it is asking for trouble. Like, <laughs> Sorry, that's why me has gone. I know, um, it is asking may... for trouble if something does happen, like you know, yeah. and, and no matter what you have, you'll, you'll have line balls. There was five or six pints with over the other night, now with only one umpire as well, a neutral umpire. And like you no, know, there were tough ones at the top of the post. And in fairness, neither team they took what where the, the balls were given, whether they were given a pint or a wide, there was no contestable. I'll be honest with that, and that's fair enough. But um, just like if you have an incident that uh, turns a game, say like the two matches the other night, right? Fair enough, there was eight points in it and six or seven in Carlo. You might say the two best teams won by two scores. But if, if it's down to the end of the championship and one of them games is down to a pint and suddenly Michael or Bagnestone or Ballon Killen or Sam Mullins are going over because something could have happened in a first round game where there's no linesman. And as we said, we don't know what the reason was. I didn't ask. I don't know either. But uh, shortage, there is a shortage. I know that now off the record as in just you know, you're looking at games where lads are doing two and three games to one day. And that's in fairness to them. The lads are doing a fair play to them and hold me hand up and say, you know, you, you'll, you'll disagree with them, but if you haven't got refs, you have no matches. And unfortunately, he, he, right lanes people, whether it be man or woman, whoever's doing it, you can go ahead without them, but it's not a good thing going forward because there'll be mm. some decision and next minute someone will get taken. Like the intermediate games are at home and away venues, so they're not going to be, the senior games are going to be in enclosed venues where, Right, there's not going to be someone lipping the wall, they'll be hopping anyway. But, uh, just think hopefully, after like there's been enough attention brought to it, it's saying now that it should be sorted for this weekend to be hoping. The two matches, yeah, yeah, they're different so, times as well, so that means more officials yeah, are one for the other. So, you know, chances yeah. are you could have the same one of the linesmen could be refereeing the first one or vice versa. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, so, it's just, yeah, well, look, I, again, uh, go on, yeah, go on, yeah, no, like just to reiterate, like you know, it's not. None of us are coming at it from a from a, a criticism point of view. We're we're kind of here to discuss things that make that promote the games and make things you know bring things up again up a level and you know and 
you know, if if people aren't if if there's not bodies there um to do it, you know, no matter who's appointing what or doing what, if there's no one to work with, if you get me, they can't appoint anyone, you know. And mm. it it just you know I I think and again it does not belittling any greater hurling, you know. You could say, well, hold on, like my our first team is junior or whatever, you know, and don't we deserve you know we put in the same effort as the senior? Of course you have absolutely and. But I suppose the senior hurling and the senior football is always going to be the flagship, um, the kind of flagship club games in the county. And like I said, you probably, you know, you probably would expect uh, to have lanes people, you know, neutral uh, lanes people there. It's bread and butter stuff. To yeah, summarize. We'll like leave, said, I'm gonna leave it. We'll yeah, leave it exactly, that because yeah, look, yeah. it is what it is. It's, I don't think it's going to happen this weekend because, as as you said, there are four thirty and six thirty are the two times for the up, games. I ended up doing. The- I ended up doing the line of uh, uh, Division 2, Carlo Leash game, and I was so gally one year. I was I had a, a lung infection or something, and the linesman didn't turn up. So I ended up doing the line that day. Uh, well, okay, so what I, you're I, saying I, is you'll jump in and do it this weekend if you have to. <laughs> Prepare but, uh, right. Yeah, I tell you, you have experience. I tell you a better one. I, I was a selector tonight with the under-20s, and uh, I, I, I went over. I, I, did, uh, I did umpire for the whole game. I don't think I was missed. <laughs> 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 well this yeah. is it like and look one last thing on it uh if you are doing the line and you're from a club that is playing obviously like so uh just say near breeder playing stevie and you're doing linesman and one of your lads after clattering someone else with the ref hasn't seen it you're obviously not going to tell him he's they're clattering him like because yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is so that's the thing if someone comes over and some and now the game the other night there was no off the ball and I was at the county final there all going leader and I was on the sideline looking at I'll have to say the two teams there was no shit going on off the ball not one bit it was played in a great manner and good to see the match blowing Rangers the other night in Burris Sam crack there was no, no crap going yeah. on off the ball like that's and fair enough that makes the job handier for whatever officials you have whether it's one umpire four umpires Sparks was in the other night the junior game landed him the four boys we were playing junior against Tullo. He had his four lads. To, he's a regular crew of four, five, or six there with the Murphys and from Norney, his own crew. And, the, and that's so, all. You know, it's just, I said, hopefully next weekend it's been flagged. So yeah. hopefully. and we'll So we'll, let, we'll go back to the, the, the nitty gritty stuff then. So, um, Bind the Sound Gales and Naval One on Friday uh, in Netwatch Colin Park. So, um, the way we got this prediction right, um, three sixteen to one fifteen in favour of Bidenstown in the end. It's not the scoreline I would have expected. I didn't realise it or didn't think that maybe they'd be seven point winners in the end. But um, again, I'm only going by accounts <laughs> of different lads who've kind of been talking to and a little bit of hearsay and a little bit of reading up and and this that and the other. But uh, the biggest standout thing for me, it was an incredibly difficult week or two for the Kane family, uh, and obviously. You know, Andrew has just come back from injury and Styler, uh, a nephew of, of Andy who passed away, sadly. Uh, Styler scored 210. Andy came off the bench and he can score 1-1 one, one or 1-2. One, I mean, sometimes it's just written in the stars. Um, it's incredible stuff and I was so happy to hear that's what unfolded. Um, you'd have to be just, just delighted for them, really. Um, and a great result, Joe. Yeah, brilliant result. And, and just to say, by the way, you know, um, Tomas Dowlin, our own goalie, you know, as a nephew as well, and that's right, yeah. You know, and it was a, a massively difficult time. You know, Tomas was very close to, um, to Andy, and you know, very close to Andrew. They're apart from being cousins, they're they're good buddies as well. So, look, yeah, it kind of puts things in perspective. But um, yeah, a, ma- a massive result. Um, but look, we were we were looking at the games last year. Um, I think like right, I think the first game against those Bagnestown um Gales were, you know, they were. I will say they're poor, you know, at times, like, you know, I know that they, they, they kind of tightened to tighten us in patches of it, but I, I thought last year, uh, game on game on game, they were getting better and better and better and better and better. And I th- like, I really think, you know, they really grew into the senior championship. And I think, I suppose, you know, um, going on what we kind of said, we just, with, 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 with Navon, uh, the last year and maybe over the last couple of years, um, there's a level of kind of inconsistency there um and i i would you know i i, I was trying to think i was on the way over to the match tonight and i was trying to think about like wh- what could you put it down to like you know like is it you know is there is there a lack of players well obviously no i mean look there's plenty of players up there and 
it's just they're not you know they're not just you know putting two and three games together uh where they're firing i think um i think getting back to bagnestown gales like i said in fairness they seem to be growing and learning as the championship goes on now obviously look i think they nearly had a full hand on saturday night like probably more than they had oh, sorry on friday night more than they had at any time last year in championship like with alfie back kind of key and dial is able to you know be pushed off the edge of the square out to the half back line you know you, you have andrew came back you've liam galway you've you've these lads back you know um and styler i think that styler hit 210 at the weekend 210 it was yeah so uh, and i just want to pick you up on the point of the the team uh ganj is in the goal a former minor county keeper when you yeah. were selector joe and so steady always yeah. has been great soccer player great footballer as well um and then you've got andrew casey darren Nolan. like darren Nolan for me gave two of the best performances i've ever seen in county finals one year of football uh mm. incredible and then i think it was the year before that in the minor hurling final the, one of the best displays of fullback play i've ever seen in mm. any grade uh so he's in fullback and i think that's where he's going to be for his career he's just so solid there uh in the other corner i think it was tom marr the half back line i love this balance you have Keen Doyle, uh, Alfie, and uh, Niall Bulger. That's a very, very solid foundation. You've got the experience in the middle. Uh, Keen is obviously captain and has pulled up a good bit, and, and Niall is an exceptional hand. Yeah. Um, in the middle, I think it's Beanie and Jack McCullough. Uh, again, great little combination. Beanie, all experience, loads of hurling in him. Jack, you know, after megamorphin, I think, in the last year, and in a physical sense and from a hurling point of view as well, because... I always felt while he was a good hurler, I think he's a, an excellent footballer. But now there's serious hurling in him. Um, across the half forward line, uh, it was a Milky Styler, I think. Uh, I Danny Doyle, I think, could be on the other wing. And then was a Keelan Guider, Jamie Clark, and uh, top of the left has gone on my head now. But Andrew Kane came on as well. Richard Whelan was corner forward, actually. Richard, yeah. That's that's a strong team, like, uh, and it's. It stood to them last year. Those, those, you know, I, I think they, they came on leaps and bounds last year. Results might not have always went their way, but uh, that's a very, very good start. I'd be very, very happy with that. And um, I'm going to make the call here now. I think they'll do very well at the weekend, and it'll be hard, eh? Uh, yep. Agree. Yeah. I, I'll agree. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it will be hard, eh? Yeah, I think they'll bring a bit. I think they'll bring that momentum in. That's Sam Mullins out. Just, just for people, just for people who don't know. So, like four thirty on Sunday, you have one of the Rangers and they've won. Uh, both these games now it's Colin Park, and then six thirty you have Biden Sound Gales and Saint Mullins. So, yeah, uh, Stevie, I'll bring you in because I'm a bit heavy on <laughs> on Joe with this, but like, uh, you know, Carlos, you know her selector and everything. Um, big, big <laughs> shot now, big time. Uh, but no, like I, I honestly think they they have a good chance of winning this. Um, what do you reckon yourself? Yeah, but sure. They've taken the put away pressure on Ballon Kiln and, and, and Nevo. Now, you could say if lads are looking at that, Asher, look, Melissa Range and Sam Mullins are going to be in the first two or three. Uh, lads will be sent at the start of the year, whether publicly or, you know, it's it's changed the momentum. Now, there's a little bit of pressure off Bagnestown now. We would have said it last year, possibly as well. Can kind of put two games together, like you've said about Nevo as well. Uh, you wouldn't say it's a free shot at Sam Mullins, but still be interested to see the likes of Styler now on, on uh, James Dial if the Tomers wasn't played as well as they did at the weekend. Um, looking at the Bagnestone forward line on paper, now we didn't see him on grass, unfortunately, but there seems to be a lot of pace there uh, in every every side of it. Danny Dial mightn't have the hurling some of the other lads that have, but he'd be quite a handful, you know, that, that side and Milky working as well, and you have Styler still has the pace of any good 21, 22 year old, even though he's into the 30s now. Well, and you have the Andrew Kane, or Andrew Kane has been in contact with the show to say that he's only 23, not 26, <laughs> as I mentioned last week. So we'll have to clarify that. And Joe, um, can I just put out this publicly because we did say it privately in the group? I think Stevie, because he is retired now, he thinks everyone else is older as well. Just you, Stevie. It's just you. And Stevie, you were always very bad in the ages. There was a there was a lot of accusations there about the Nerny over thirty five soccer team. Uh, you were always very bad at the ages. Sure, well, Dan, <laughs> Dan the Kildavan under twenty one team in nineteen eighty eight. Padrine's uncle was full forward, but he had a mistake. Me married to my my first cousin. He was about thirty three. That did happen. Uh, he must have got more charged. Uh, 
<laughs> I remember playing a minor we, match actually. Be, I was twenty or something. Uh, that's but that takes the biscuit all together. Uh, we played up in clock one night. Yeah, he came in to be head me <laughs> at one time, Ari. I got a good look at him. I got two yeah. good look at him. <laughs> um, yeah, like look, Sam Mullins, Gary Bennett, I reckon is out. So look, he'd be one of them lads where he he's going. He'd be given a job there at the weekend. That Jamie Clark, as we said, look, we're only going by what we've heard um, and reports and nationalists and that. So. Gary is carrying a knock. I don't know whether he's out, Stevie, but it's he's definitely carry. Right, he, yeah. he went off against yeah. us now with his knee, and it's especially because he had a few issues, you know, this year injury ways, and he's a great. Yeah, great week so. on week as well. The match of week on week, you can't really risk it, especially in the one last week. They'll be looking right, you know, if it's a do or die game. Look, see why you why is Sunday evening, but um. Like there's a amount of dials in that team. There's nearly half the Bangladesh team is dials there now at the minute. Like and there's 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 every one of them bringing a different uh, situation to the table. And so Alfie back as well. We've said it before. You no, know, just go on to my issue. I was listening to the match and just kept. There was only the point in it the whole way. My point or two, and then the two goals Bangladesh got start second half with seven or eight minutes in, given that five six seven point cushion where even a Never won goal, which they did get in the last few minutes, but they were still ended up off five points down. And look, but John Michael was back up in the forwards again. We said he'd played centre back there in the Bulger Cup. Joy, we would have had a good look at him. We were wondering there, like, is he going to stay back there? If he's going to be back there along with Ross Smithers, who's going through the score? Now, Dean Sly, he scored 1 8. Uh, which of the Slys is he actually? Is he son of Mix or John's or just when he's nice. scoring? You see a Sly scoring 1 8 from. I'm sure to be there must be some relation to Mixley like going back the years. Um, yeah, so if I can swim in the weekend, that's definitely throwing the the two teams lost last weekend into a, a potential quarter final match if it's, if it's down to that in, in the in their head to head game. Yeah, definitely. So, like, that's a very tough ask now for Navy One at this point to. Face into you know the, a really slick outfit, Rangers. Let's be honest, but we haven't seen them play yet this year. But as you mentioned last week's uh, show, the most dominant all-round championship performance I've ever seen last year that just were, were blitzed everyone basically. You know, maybe there's a couple of times where teams got reasonably close, but they never really looked in trouble. They were so so dominant. So how do uh, they won't get themselves up for that one? Like it's a really really tough ask. Uh, I don't like. Uh, writing teams off and stuff but I just really honestly can't see a way that they won't win this one uh, it'd be great for the championship if they did actually it'd be like whoa the, there's there's uh, the whole thing kind of blown open to uh, a certain extent um, what what do you think Joe? Yeah well sure look being like we said being brutally honest Kevin you know I don't think anyone can bet, would back against Mount Leinster Rangers to open their campaign with a victory at the weekend Um but like, look, you know, in terms of getting up for it or whatever else, I mean, look, you know, the rivalry that's always there. But I mean, look, that that kind of dander or that can only that'll only bring you some part of the battle. Um, I still think, you know, I still think it's it'll probably, it, you know, I still think they've won that the will. There's a big game. There's always a big game or two in them, as we saw, I suppose ourselves in Ballinkinnell last year. The bet was very comfortably. Um. But I don't think it's going to be this weekend. I don't, as in, I don't think it's it'll come. It might be a good performance, but I don't think it'll come with a win. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, just I, I think the word inconsistency is something that you know, you know, you're looking at Navo and they're a massive club, like fine club, like I mean, feeling three adult teams, so things are things are obviously going right there in terms of you know the club in terms of stuff like that, but. Just the last couple of years have just been so inconsistent in terms of their their hurling. Like you know, um, you know, like like I said last year against against ourselves against Ballinkillen, you know they were fantastic. And then you know I get you know a, de- a decent performance against Bagstown, and then you know very flat in the semi and that. But I, I it's hard it's so hard to nail to nail down. I mean, in fairness to them, last year they, they kind of changed, or last two years they kind of changed their brand of hurling. What we would to call you know away from the kind of tr- more traditional way of Michael hurling like they were trying to work in the ball through the hand and you know that spare man out around the middle and you know trying to you know trying to change things up a bit but I I, I don't I, I know it's so hard just to 
it's so hard just to to to, to see where they're going to make a massive impact on things on Friday on Friday night because you know I think the extra the extra week of rest as well you know the extra rest or break from out Leinster Rangers I mean they're going to be coming in fresh you know Michael you know week on week like Stevie mentioned there with games and then with the kind of psychological blow to lose like the way they lo- and that's not being disrespectful to uh Bagginstone Gales but Michael probably would have targeted that game as you know as a win and get that win under your belt start of the championship and then put kind of you know kind of gives you a little bit of a cushion or whatever so you know i don't know i i, I can't see anything i can't like i said i don't i probably like most of us here I, I can't see i can't see where a win is going to come for them uh on friday i think it'll be about the performance and trying to steady the ship really and take what they can over then so simple verdict mlr for joe your mlr on this one as well steve yeah yeah. Well, sure, no, no, in fact, you'd have to go with that. No, don't think maybe the Michael game might stand to Michael as in it's a championship game, but like, I presume unless the Ranger don't play practice games of the highest quality, that the, the, look, the, mm-hmm. the, they're wanted near and far for games, you know. So, um, you know, harm to take a couple off the intermediate team if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. um, before we move on to the prediction, then for the other one. The final sound set Williams game. Just talk to us about that intermediate game, Stevie. It was the only one on at the weekend. It was yourselves and Rangers down in Boris, I think 14 11 in the end to Rangers. Um, I'm just going to take down a few details here, lads, while Stevie's talking. <laughs> so, Ballon Killen are playing <laughs> nearby this weekend. Uh, so, we've got two guys that are perfectly placed to call that one. But, yeah, like what was the what was the crack? What, what happened in that? Rangers got a good start anyway, I believe. Oh, yeah, six points to no score, the first water break, and we played with a strong breeze. It looked like the graveyard and burst is behind us. We could have been in it, like, because it was going only one way. I know big change in the second quarter, 8-5. Um, I don't know exactly what the score was after the third quarter, but, um, like, you're looking at looking at Mr. Andrews. Frank Foley comes out in the goal. You've Gary Kelly full back, Willie Hickey centre back. John Cody full forward and Derek Bourne corner forward. So, you know, the experience, and they weren't the lads that I wouldn't say done the damage. There was the, the experience they're bringing in the shape, they're, they're keeping the shape. We lost, you know, it was a while to get up to the up to the speed of the game. I wouldn't say the speed of the game, but the speed of thinking on their behalf more than ours. Um, we definitely finished stronger than we started. Um, you know, Couple of chances where it could have took points in the second half, just over elaborate or something could have brought back when it was it was back to a point. Um, but definitely we learned a lot now. Between you know Adam Dunn was back, that was his first game. He didn't play at all last year. Still have a couple more lads out injured, and look at all now still there's lads carrying a couple of long term injuries. They might be back for the tail end of the championship. We don't know because every week there's someone pulling up at some sort of it. You know, talking about Gary Bennett there, wherever his knee was at him, like there's just, just no time to get an injury now when it's a muscle injury or fingers, broken fingers, yokes, are just going to, you know, it's week on week, you know, with a week with a game this week, with no game the following week, because Sam Owens have pulled out intermediate. Um uh, like I don't know, it's just joking there. Many lads will more or less lose off that team or they lose any. You're guessing, I don't know, will Gary Kelly go up? He didn't play last year, he was when he came back from injury. Uh Faker Fitzpatrick, possibly, I don't know. I don't know, you're guessing, and look, it's it just shows the strength of the club, like that we're at the post second team, like that with five lads, did four of them start in the Linster final, or five of them? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a serious, you know, experience they'll bring to a team. So, mm-hmm. the other game of the weekend, I think it's Carl Town are playing Monster Rangers in in Boris as well, so look, we'll see what Carl Town have now. Look, they weren't wonderful tonight, we played in the Bulger Cup. I don't know who they'll have back or who they would have haven't back um so look we'll we'll know joel have the 10 biscuits out in balan kill no saturday night hopefully we're still talking at uh half eight <laughs> as long so, as we're not uh, as long as we're not still talking out at half eight have you you lost obviously good few you're down 10 off your senior team from the county final last year you were saying so that, does that mean a lot of those guys that won the junior championship are going up obviously a few of them have gone up already um mm-hmm. So where does that leave you at the well, weekend? Sure, look, it leaves us, it leaves us tight, yeah. It leaves, it, look, um, yeah, we lost. Uh, 
we lost Niall, um, Niall Whelan. We said the whole uh, Shane, Shane Farrell, the whole full back line that lined out against St. Mullins were all from our junior team last year. And then, say, uh, Lauren at wing back, uh, Niall Whelan as well. A couple of the lads we would have regretted as well, you know, who maybe might have got a game or two at intermediate level um, had other lads, you know, been fit and well or whatever available. Uh, they were used as well. So, look, it leaves us tight, like, yeah, no question about it. But, like, it was encouraging there tonight was over there with the under-20s. Our under-20s, a great tussle there at Mullinster Rangers. They, they, they bet us by seven or eight points in the end, but with five, four, three or four minutes to go, there was only a puck of a ball in it. But it was encouraging that some of those lads now were stepping up, even, you know, stepping into into the intermediate. Like, and we were talking to the boys after the match there, and there was a couple of them, you know, who... We were kind of were a bit reluctant between uh, different things going on and you know they kind of said jesus well look we'll be there saturday night so you know it's probably not to start it's probably not to start an intermediate hurling that we wanted um look ideally it, it had we held on to um oh sorry paddy cavan as well i'm just thinking the names of lads we lost uh, ideally ideally um you know you'd like to have kind of had another year with those lads at the intermediate level there was probably one or two we were going to lose um, but to lose that many and, and probably key men as well, like, you know, say Lauren Kinsel and Dewey Ryan would have been a middleman as well. But look, it is what it is. And it's kind of a year that we're just going to try to get the experience and see where it goes. And look, it, it's nothing to lose. I, I think even if results go again as um, this year, um, we look to stay up if you get me intermediate because, um, you know, I, I don't think this year will be kind of a fair reflection, maybe of where we hope to be, you know, so um but look it it, it it is what it is i i i'd probably pin you know nave breed will have to be favorites for that coming across to us um and that's not any anything at all like in fairness to them their their the work has gone in down there and you know they're probably you know they have a bigger picture maybe getting back to senior um um in mind and and um you know so we'll be under pressure on friday night but sure look we'll we'll feel anyway and see how we get on you know Right, so let's go through the junior results from the weekend. Uh, Nearby 118, St. Patrick's 111. Good win there, Stevie. Um, Swan Song is going to happen, as you said, over the next couple of months. But anyway, uh, Rangers 13 beat Carroll Town 218 to 110. Uh, St. Mullins 118, uh, Palatine 113. That's the results there. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, this weekend we have the, the couple of senior hurling games with the preview uh, Bindestown and St. Mullins uh, in terms of verdicts there still. Mentioned Ballinkillen and Nair Breed. We mentioned uh, Rangers and Carlton. Those are intermediate games. And have we a few junior games as well? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're I'm trying to always. find those there. They, just to say as well, the Nave Owen um, Burn Rangers match was called off due to an injury. Um, oh, thankfully, everything was okay, but it was a real uh, humdinger of a game. Uh, the other junior game there it mightn't be it's not down the yeah. results but, no it's uh, not it's not no i think so, it was I think, I think it was two i think burn rangers were leading by two points absolute cracker of a game apparently um so just just in case people are wondering what happened to that fixture yeah hopefully whoever that is is okay That's yeah no good, um, good, yeah. good yeah. stuff good stuff uh yeah we have a junior fixture here only in front of me michael and carathon that's down for friday uh after that, lads, I have oh yeah, a few more now. Yes, yeah, Palatine near breed, 7.30 as well in the Super Bowl. And Rangers against... Oh, just right, back to the Rangers. Bonus Rangers. That's going to be on Sunday. Right, okay. <laughs> Sound good to have this insight. Bonus Rangers and Burn Rangers down for half seven in Boris on Friday. Mm -hmm. And St. Mullins and Bindus down for half seven on Friday as well in sure. St. Mullins. It's a real vibrant championship in fairness to it. Like, I mean, you know, we were down there the last couple of years and Stevie knows as well from playing and managing and everything in it and officiating that as I say but uh it, it's a fantastic championship like there's a lot of cracking games in it like there's eight I think there's ten teams sorry in it this year and nine teams um you know back in some Gales as well um it's a cracking championship like you know what I mean and and they're good matches to go along and see um you know it's 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 a really vibrant championship and, and anyone could win it like depending on any day the scores the scores there at the weekend like in any of the games like the I think Burn Rangers and was three seventeen to two nineteen when it was going yeah. off yeah, I cracking. Don't know how long was left in the list? Yeah, it was fair hitting that now in a, in a third grade. So last year opened my eyes intermediate level, looking at the standard of the it's the second tier competition. But like the final between Munster Rams and Meisha last year, uh, there was something like sixteen or seventeen player score from play. And I know the hurling has changed, and it's not totally man marking jobs and all that now. But uh, definitely, it's 
to score scoring wise anyway if you're going to look at a match you'll, you'll, you'll get somebody vendor time and that so uh just before we wrap up uh we do have i'm gonna go through bands on and same one as we said but the draw for the current senior football championship was made there this evening and we will go through that there as well uh the prediction for Bangers on St. Mullins, I think Bangers might win this uh, narrowly. Um, and my prediction would be James Dyle hurl the world of ball at centre-back and Styler score at least three times from play if they're marking each other. Um, so that's my prediction. Joe? Uh, I'm going to sit in the fence here. I'm actually going, I'm going, to, be, I'm going to go for a draw. I think, it'll be a good, I think it'll be a close game. Um, St. Mullins have a you know they, they know how to win tight games or feckers you know I, I said it in the first podcast here their work rate their you know their never their attitude is just you know second to none and I I, I don't know I, I I think they know how to win tight games and they know how to win games without some of their maybe their, their bigger names at times you know um, so I'm going to go for a draw I think it'll be a close game Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Bagnestown win um, but Banks and Gales win, but uh, I, I think I'm going to go to draw. I'm actually going to, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, I, I really couldn't call it. I, I probably maybe a little bit of a shake towards Banks and Gales, but that's probably only based on the momentum of getting that good win over, over Navon last week. Um, but uh, I think I'll, I'll sit in the fence in this one and go to draw. Steve? Uh, I went again back soon last week. I got my tight verdict, and I'm going to go against them again this week, and because that's what put the kibosh on Sam Mullins. No, seriously, I, I your two teams the one last week, and they're playing another. Um, a lot of what you said, like the Styler James Dyle, uh, could tell a lot. The two of them could have great games, and the, the probably one could outscore the other. You know, the centre back could outscore the other. But if I, I. James, I might have a bit more mind than his low on Styler than he, if he was, I know you're saying, about eight and nine, coming back and minding the house when he'd be gone up the front, but you can't be living Styler in in loose at the back, no matter what eight or nine you have in front of you. But uh, I'd still just give Sam Mullins a point or two. Uh, but uh, Sam Mullins, looking at Bangerson's game, sorry, last weekend, goals. If they get two or three goals again, I'd say it'll win, beat Sam Mullins, but They'll be looking at that like Sam Owens will be looking saying, we keep these boys with no goal. They'll have to get 22 or three points to be as possibly. So, yeah. Uh, I give Sam Owens a tight 30, but if Bangus will get two or more goals, that's going to go 180 degrees. So, there's three different verdicts for this one. And uh, irrespective of what happens in that game on Sunday, I think it's a real sign of progress that we're talking about Bangus aren't having a chance in this. Because three years ago, what? They weren't even in the grade, were they three years ago? So uh, that's that's real progress, and that's great to see. And hopefully we're talking about Nair Breed and all the other clubs in, in that regard in the next couple of years. That, you know, and, yeah, here's hoping. It'll be great. The more teams you have up there, the better. Yep. Right, so the draws then, lads, for the Senior Football Championship, they were just made in the last couple of hours, so we can give them here on the Left Wing Back podcast. Even though it is the Hurling show, so you're looking, might as well throw them out. Uh, Senior Football Championship, Group 1. Uh, Monus, in, and in the first round, we go with the fixture as well. Monster Rangers versus Raffili, Old Lachlan versus Ballinarana. Go on, you boy. And uh, then obviously there's a fifth team in that group because there's no relegation last year. And that is Binus on Gales. They'll have a boy in the first round. Group two then. So it's Henry and Pal in the first round again. On you boy. And a third on you boy. Because Airog had the Blues as well. Jeez, local derby central. Um, 24th of September, I think, is when all of that is kicking off. Um, I'm going to go on through all these draws actually just while we're on the topic of it and uh, we'll see what the crack is then with you lads uh, Intermediate Championship Group 1 you have the Fighting Cox versus Kilbride in the first round and uh, Saint, yeah <laughs> and uh, St. Patrick's versus uh, Fenna and then in Group 2 it's uh, Navon and Clonmore and Clavin Clonigal and Airog. Um we've only 8 teams this there so someone has a boy don't they what's the team that's missing should we have nine there? We should. Um, someone is missing. One team has gone up. You should have. Yeah. Grange. Uh, no, Granger's still junior. Granger's still junior. Yeah, I can't think. Aerog. It's Aerog. No, did I call it Aerog? No, I, no, I, 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 I think. I. It'll come to me on a warmest time. If he lads, you, you think away there, I call it the junior air draw. Uh, 
eight teams listed here as well. So in Group A, we've A Rogue and Pall in the first round and O'Loughlin and Grange. And then in Group 2, it's Ballin and Lachlan Bridge and Raffili and Tin Ryland. Junior B Championship first round, Group 1, uh, Ballin versus Rangers and then Aska and Navon. And in Group 2, you have Calavon Tunigal versus Fenna and O'Hanrahan versus Bindestown Gales. Junior C Championship. Now, I don't know if this is a typo, but I hope it's not because it's an absolutely brilliant thing to see. Uh, group one, first of all, it's Pal and Tin Ryland, and then you have uh, Tullo and Ballin. Now, group two, Clomore versus the Fighting Cox, and St Mullins versus Lachlan Bridge. Is St Mullins putting a team into the Junior C Football Championship? Yeah, yeah, I was told that this year. Wow. Jeannie yeah. Mack. Uh, that's great. It's great to see them back playing a bit of football. They were a very good Junior A side uh, six, seven years ago. And uh, if you get to see Mouse play a bit of ball, hopefully he gets back. He's a serious footballer as well. Uh, Paulie Kyo is a serious footballer. James Doyle, I think, is a decent enough footballer. Jack Cavanagh played in a, a minor football championship final for Leinster Rangers. Do you remember when Jack went to play in 2006? They got to a county final against their Oak, and Jack was midfield, I think, on it. Uh, that's great to see them back. There's <laughs> probably less down as someone's given out about it. Maybe they didn't want it because uh, sometimes they see the distraction. But look at this year. There's a different... Um, there's a separation so the Harlan's obviously played off football's played off um, yeah no that's great no point being idle as I say like I mean like that's you said it. when it's not week on week or you know or fortnight on fortnight sure it's brilliant like I mean you know they have a run of yeah. after the hurling is over there's going to be a space there so why not like fair play to them no it's good to see it now there's a question on. I'm just going through Twitter here reading off this and a question has been asked is it the same format this year uh, first team of the semis and second, third and a quarter and fourth relegation playoff and there's a response on that and again I have to confirm the authenticity of this one go down from each group are they looking to bring it back to eight teams then again for next year? presume so one is going down, one is coming up one oh, from each group senior. Oh. Well, one oh. from each group yeah. oh, no. oh maybe um, I'd say we'd have to check the bylaws is that, 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 mm. that three alright till you are the team that's going down uh, and along with someone else and then they'll be... Well, this happened in Leash going back uh, maybe six, seven years ago. I think uh, they were looking to drop two teams over and then there was three teams in that little relegation scenario and they found a little loophole in the book and it meant that nobody was relegated and the championship had to be... Well, someone was relegated but it wasn't two teams, so only one. You couldn't give a boy... The, the loophole they found, I think, is you couldn't give a boy in a championship and... Uh, or there couldn't be a boy in the championship and still have relegation. <laughs> so that's the loophole they found. Uh you give him Frank Murphy, uh Cork County Board, uh yeah. There. <laughs> so uh look, I made the point and I'll discuss it uh, later today. again. I wanted to see that go to ten. Uh, it would have been great, I think, if it was ten teams. It's going back to eight. So little yo yo effect might still happen. Lads, any thoughts on that before we before we let it go, we're all GMN. I know we're on the Hurling show, but uh, we do like our football as well here, despite what people may think. I think um, uh, about, about you two guys, anyway. But uh, <laughs> you love it as much as, as Hurling, let's be honest about it. What, what do you think in general there? What's your thoughts on the, the draws very quickly and formats, if that is to be the format? I'll start with you, Joe. Yeah, well, sure. Look, the format's kind of there the last couple of years. I just, I, 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 I'll be bold in my predictions at the start. And I, I just think senior football, I can't see past their rogue. I think it'll be five in whatever, 10 or 12 weeks time. I think it'll be five in a row for them lads. I can't, I can't see them. I can't see them in NAB this year or, you know, or whatever again this year hmm. in terms of the championship. Intermediate will be a good grade. Um, not saying senior won't be, but I still, I think their rogue are very, are going to be dominant there. Um, intermediate be a, a good grade. Um, obviously, Kildavan suffering the heartbreak of losing the final will be, you know, the double down, you know, given the short break till, the, till this year's championship. Um, I think Fennel have a, a, a good part to play in it. Um, you know, a lot of their younger footballers have a year under the belt, so I, I might fancy them to do something in it as well. Um, but it'll be interesting, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, the junior, and you know, you wouldn't know with second teams and who will lose what. Um, you know, Tin Ryland obviously put up a massive show in the final against um against St. Pat's and you know you wouldn't they might be targeting it again, but sure, like I said, Lachlan are in a first team Grange, you know, Pal are always decent pal, and you know, so it's an interesting it's an interesting championship uh, that one as well. It, for the for obviously for the second the second teams, it just depends on how, how many are stripped really, uh, you know, as your as your first team progresses. Um I'd like to actually, I, I, not that you know, I fancy one or the other, but I'd like to see Lachlan 
um you know Lachlan maybe to make a to make a move um I know your your own club um Kevin but I'd like to see him making a move you know really kind of pushing on from inter from junior maybe up into intermediate um there's a lot of young footballers there um the last couple of years there it's kind of you're, you're either my age and Stevie's or you were 19 sort of thing and there was nothing in between and they're building on it in fairness um and it'd be nice to see them it'd be nice to see something coming for them you know what I mean like you know not, like I said not that they've happened against any of the rest of them but I'd like to see him popping up back up into intermediate like because there's a good central population there and you know it'd be, it'd be good for for football as well yeah I certainly wouldn't be against it anyway um <laughs> Stevie uh, last word to you then before we wrap up the senior looking at our all last week very impressive complacency if it ever entered their, their heads I don't know it doesn't often enter their heads could be their biggest enemy look you don't know short championship things happen lads get sent off lad miss a couple of games but to have the panel to to carry that to be thinking the intermediate Kildavan I'd say must have learned a quite a lot in losing the final to Valnebrana the way they did as in the you know that they were out the gate gone home depleted bet me 10 points next one back and lose me two uh so i'd still give kildavan a good chance of that if daniel and ledger can be can stay fit and killian redmond is playing and has rugby is nice you know you don't know there's other things going on it's a short championship maybe to be able to get him or maybe don't have him at all the junior i'd say grange have to be the favorites there i i my eyes anyway so we'll leave it at that right there we go so again just uh, a word to mention for our sponsor back in line, uh, Paul Kelly, thanks a million again, uh, has looked after me very well for I don't know how long now at this stage, um, but a uh, top guy, and I'd say he's enjoying himself as we speak as well. So while we're on it, I think Daniel Saledra is getting married today, so let's uh, wish him the very best. Uh, and I'd say Paul is on point number 23 by now. Paul is a, <laughs> Paul's a serious operator on a night out, actually. <laughs> He's great crack, and uh, I think oh, anyone that's tuned into the podcast will will know and recognise that. Uh, just a great character, and you need you yeah. need those, of course. Uh, yeah, so thanks again to Paul for sponsoring us, and don't forget, uh, I'm just going to bring up this little banner here. Anyone that's listening to the podcast won't be able to see it, but you can get in touch with us on uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the Left Wing Back. Or if you want to send us an email, it's leftwingbackpodcast at uh, gmail.com. So yeah, hit the subscribe button there. You'll get notifications on facebook and twitter and on youtube when we go live and the podcast as i said will be available in all usual places again your spotify your apples etc 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 gentlemen it's been a pleasure thanks a million for joining us and uh, we'll chat to you again soon no better kevin thanks